Hello, and welcome to the Loft Gathering Podcast. Thank you for joining us in the Names of God series. Get ready to have your thinking challenged and your faith turned up. Here's Lisa. Whew. Okay, I'm going to read something to us and you guys lean in. And then I'm going to get into our message, okay? It's the birth of Jesus. And I'm a little behind this year, like I said. It's been busy. So you lean in and I'll read this. In those days, the days of Jesus, it says that Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census would be taken of the entire Roman world. It was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. So he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with angels, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. Angels are flying around. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing. Let's see this thing that the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. So that's the first time I've actually read it, the Christmas story this season. It was this morning a couple times, and then to you just now. And I think it's fitting to read that. You know, every church in the United States or maybe around the world is going to be reading that story this morning in some form or another. And probably people sing Christmas carols and whatever. I, I was telling Christine and my brother and I were in the back talking right before we came out here. And I said, did you see Hillsong? You know, Hillsong Australia is one of the worship teams that we follow. And they are, they have their, they're a day ahead of us. So I was watching a little bit of their Christmas. And they have actually angels, people dressed like angels flying from through the air, singing, hark the herald angels sing, and glory to God in the highest. And everybody's like, wow. You know, I mean, I've been in rooms like that before. And it's powerful. There's something to be said. And there's something to feel. It's incredible. It's an incredible celebration. We had a the Catholic Church right up the street from us, it said, um, we have a full orchestra, and I can just hear it, man, the Stan- Mannheim steamroller singing Carol of the Bells, you know, and, you know, we don't, we don't, we're not doing that. Today, we're just going to worship God, and we, we've got some things in here, though, that are family and unity and love and joy, and we love God, and we love people, and it's been a, a crazy couple weeks for your pastor and for my family and if you, if you guys don't know, just a couple weeks ago, my sister passed away. It's a little over two weeks now. And so we have had uh, a lot of grieving going on. And I find that there's other people that go through hard things, too, that are like-minded, that come alongside to encourage and to, and to bring worship and to bring, you know, their gift of, of encouragement. 
But through it all, you know, we've talked about my sister, and I want to set up the story today, the message today. We've been talking about the names of God. We started with Elohim, our powerful creator. We started with that name, and then Adonai, you know, our master. We've done a, a round with Abba, our father, who makes our almighty God personal and up close. And then we talked about Jehovah. And Jehovah is, you know, the name where God wants to reveal himself to us, even though he's Elohim and all-powerful. So Jehovah wants to reveal himself to us. And he gives us all kinds of little subnames off of the name Jehovah. And last week we talked about Jehovah Shalom and how God is our peace. And today we're going to talk about Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides, the God who sees, and the God who will see to it. And I want to set that up by talking to you a little bit about my sister. And I know you're going to relish in it with me because you love me. I'm your pastor, and I love you. And, and, it's, and you've been walking next to me through all this stuff and grieving alongside of me and stuff. And I, I'm, I'm kind of, I go through those stages of grief where, you know, and, and here it is, Christmas. This is my favorite time of the year, man. I am Lisa Claus. I am. I love it. Suzette, I got a little something for you before you leave me, Tracy. Um, but just, you know, the whole, the whole idea of just Christmas and celebration, it's like the whole world is set up with lights everywhere and candles. And, you know, even the people who are trying to be cool and put all those blue lights, those ones that are annoying that make you squint when you drive by them. You know the ones I'm talking about? I was like, what is that? You know, put some color. Get some, get some white lights and do it all up. Anyway, but the whole world is like lit up because of Jesus, because Jesus is it's birthday. It's his birthday. You talk about some candles on a cake. Then you got all neighborhoods lighting up the sky. And I love this time of year. So I got a little behind, but you better believe I'll make up for it. I got my family coming over tonight. And so I wanted to set this up like this. Jehovah Jireh, the God who sees, the God who will see to it, the God who provides. It's like providential blessing. It's like God can see what's going to happen in your life way up there. You don't know. You can't see it, not yet, but he can. And so Jehovah Jireh, in the way that only he can, will set you up day by day, week by week, encounter by encounter, circumstance by circumstance, until that thing comes that you didn't know was going to come, and then you're ready for it. And you're like, and you look back. Has this ever happened to anybody besides me? It's like you look back and you're like, what? How, what? How did that happen? And how did I get, how did that? I, what, I, I couldn't have put that together. And we believe that God is working in our midst, just like we're singing this morning. And, and just so you know, the worship is usually great in this place. And even though it was anointed, I believe anointed, we just have some incredible worship leaders. And Stacy is my daughter who, who does that most of the time. And she is in the NICU this morning with my little preemie grandbaby who's growing strong and is beautiful. And as soon as she gets her little oxygen thing off, I'll show you some pictures up, up here. You know who could stop me. But my sister had this, you know, she, we keep saying she had a really great year. She had a really great year. And I keep hearing myself say that, really great last couple of years. And I want to tell you what I mean by that. In the providential hand of God, to see her all the way across the threshold from this world into that one. And a couple years ago, I, already, I said some of this at her funeral, but everybody wasn't there. But here, here's the thing. Seven years ago, she and I mended our relationship. We got to go on a trip with my mom, and it was powerful. I mean, we, we had a, a great time to see each other as sisters and to appreciate all of our differences. And I mean, like, I'm, I'd be jamming on, you know, because I'm happy. 
if you feel like happiness, and I'll just be like that in the car, and she'll be rolling her eyes, like nobody's that happy, and I'm like, it's fun, do it, I mean, we just had so much fun, and we got to see each other, and we talked, and our, our relationship began to get better, and then just a couple years ago, she got really sick, I mean, she had a, we were concerned about her, I mean, her skin was doing things, it was breaking down on the, on the surface, and doctors didn't really know what, you know, what that was. And there were just a lot of medical issues. And so we, she would come in here on a Sunday morning, and she'd be like, I'm going to go lay on your couch in the office back there. And I but leave the door open so I can hear the worship. That's what she said. And I'm like, girl, you do it. You go back there. She knew where to come. She knew where the place of healing and, and protection and safety would be. And it's right here. And you're in it right now. So she would do that. And then she would call me. You know, and she would call me after the messages, and she would say, uh, what did that mean? Or let's talk about, I don't know how many times she texts me. What was that name again on Elohim? And I go, Sharon, <laughs> scroll back in your text. It's right there. And so she, but I said, you text me as many times as you need to before you get it, Elohim. She loved that. But as, as, as she progressed in her uh, walk with God and in worship and, and things in here, I'll jump back to this two years ago in just a second. But she would ask me what I'm going to preach what are we going to teach? What are we going to talk about? And you know what that speaks of? Hunger. It's, I'm not satisfied to talk about it after the fact. I want to know what's coming. Well, I can look at it and be ready and hear it and digest it fully, and then I can carry it in my life and I can make application of it. And she was doing that. She was learning her, her value in, in God's eyes. And so two years ago, she got sick. We took her to the doctor. We made her go. She didn't want to go. I don't have any money. I don't have any insurance. I'm like, you're going. We're, when I say we, we made her, those of, those of us close to her. And I drove her myself. And I believe that two years ago, her body was breaking down. And two years ago would have been the call for her to go to heaven. And I believe that God gave her two more years. And, he, and here's why. Because you weren't there when I was praying with her. When I was sitting with her and I was praying, God, and she was praying this too. God, show me how to find peace in my heart with you through the addictions that I have. Show me how to find your love in the middle of it. And he did. And we prayed, God, show me, how to, show me how to mend my relationships. She and my brother, like all these years, my brother is very witty. And I mean, I, I enjoy him completely. He has this, sorry, everybody's giggling because they've all been a, you know, a victim of his wit. Uh, but there's been different times where we just love him. We, he's, he's got a lot of sarcasm and a lot of confidence. And, and my sister wasn't like that. She was, I mean, she could be quick-witted and she definitely told the truth, but she would just be like, he's, you know, he's too much. And I'm but over the, over the last few years, something happened to her. You know what it was? It was the spirit of God coming and ministering to her heart and saying, that's your brother. Maybe you love him, you know? And, and then what happened was there was a providential hand of God I'm going to put this seed in your heart, and then you're going to be able to love him. And then what's going to happen is his kids are going to love your kids, and your kids are going to love his kids. And then you're going to have a relationship with your aunts, and you're going to have, there's going to be all kinds of things that are going to happen because of that one domino click that God did providentially in my sister's heart and life, just in that one relationship. It went on and on and on. God set her up to have peace with him to have reconciliation and relationships. And, and the last thing we prayed is show us your glory because we were believing God to heal her body on this earth as he was healing her spirit. The providential hand of God, Jehovah Jireh, it's good. And so when she got to that point of the threshold from crossing over from this life to the next, 
She was ready. No doubts. No regrets. You know, no regrets. I mean, she had loved with a passion. And so I'm not going to re-preach the whole funeral, but you get the idea of how God was in it way back over there. So that when this came today, she was ready. And I mean, even though it was shocking, our hearts know where she's spending eternity. So all of that to say, Jehovah Jireh, the God who will see to it and the God who provides. There's a story I want to talk about today. And we've, you know, these names are given to us in the beginning of, you know, Genesis, mostly in covenant relationships during times when God wanted to reveal himself to us. Now, when God does that, have you ever gone to a, a conference or, you know, parent teacher night or whatever it is, and you got to put on a little thing, hello, my name is? Okay, that's not what God's doing. He's not just doing a drive-by. Hello, my name is Jehovah Jireh. He's saying, let me reveal who I am to you in provision. And we want to think about provision, our daily bread, getting our bills paid, what we're going to do for lunch, buying Christmas presents, all the stuff, stuff-itis that we have. And God wants to do something miraculously huger than that. He wants to come with a providence that, that gives you salvation, that gives you a kingdom of God, that gives you a heart to see and worship him. That's the provision of Jehovah Jireh, the God who will see to it. And in Genesis 22 is the first time we hear it. And it's not going to read Jehovah Jireh. We're going to read a translation that we understand in English today. But in old, old manuscripts, it would say Jehovah Jireh right here where, in these things I'm going to read. But what happened was, you know, Abraham, we've talked about him a little bit. Abraham, this is who God chooses to start his covenant with. Abraham, 99-year-old man, 75-year-old barren woman. That's who God chose. Is there anything I can't do? And he wanted to show us that he could do everything. And so he gives them the son. He gives Abraham and Sarah the son of promise. His name is Isaac. It means laughter. And God tells Abraham to take his son. And just in case he was confused, take your only son the son that you love, and I want you to sacrifice him. <laughs> this is one of the hardest things to preach and one of the hardest things to read, in my opinion. And if, if it's all that we knew about God, if it's all that we knew, I want your son, your only son, the one that you love, the one that I promised, the one that everything is the hinge pin on, I want you to take that and I want you to sacrifice that. And, man, I think about my own kids, I'd be like, no. No. No, it's too high of a price. I don't know how to pay it. That's why God gets the name Jehovah Jireh, because the God who will see to it that there is provision made. God knows what he's going to do. He's a bunch of big words, omnipresent, omnipotent, omnipotent, omniscient. He's a, he's a big God, and he has these things covered. So I want to ask you a question before I read this story. Will we reach a place in our lives where we're able to put the thing on the altar or will we just fear loss and live in the land of what if? So here's, this, here's what it says. Why don't you guys stand up with me? We'll read a little bit. We read, we stand up to read the word in honor of the word and it's, it's not that much. You can do it. Father, open our eyes and watch over this word to perform it as we read it. It's, I'll read you, lean in. Genesis 22, now, it came about after these things. 
God giving Abraham the promise that he would be the father of many nations and Isaac is born and the whole story. We're on verse 22. Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and he said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I will tell you. So Abraham got up early in the morning, he saddled his donkey, and he took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, and he split wood for the burnt offering and set out and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham raised his eyes and he saw the place from a distance. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and I and the boy will go over there and we will worship and return to you. And Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering. He laid it on his son Isaac and he took his hand and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. And so the two of them walked together and Isaac spoke to his father, Abraham. He said, my father, he said, here I am, my son. He said, uh, look, the fire and the wood, where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them walked on together. You can sit down. So I have three daughters. I have two son-in-laws. And I, I just can't even, two grandbabies. And there's none of them that I would be able to put on this altar of sacrifice the thing about God is that he's revealing himself to us. Remember Jehovah, the God who wants to reveal himself as our peace, as our healer, as our warlord, as our master, and, and today as our provider. He knows what he's going to do. And he, if you guys know this story, he's going to bring a lamb out of the thicket miraculously, just like he always does. But, but Abraham doesn't know that. And when we get to the place in our lives where God is requiring something of us, something to lay down or something to be sacrificed, it's a painful process. It's not easy. And we, and we have to trust that God is going to make a way. But we don't, make, we don't like do a deal in our head with God knowing, oh, yeah, I'll do it because I know God will. You know, Where was Abraham's thought process in all this? I mean, I really believe that Abraham believed that God was going to do something because he already gave him the promise. He already gave him the child in his old body. He already made one miracle happen. He already stayed with him all through all the failures and all the mistakes that they would have. Next week, we're going to talk a little bit about how Isaac even came about and what happened right before that. But God wants us to come not anticipating that there's a, that there's a clause at the bottom that's going to get you out of it. He doesn't want that. He wants you to come with your whole heart and your full intention, wood and knife in hand, ready to go. And, and it sounds so savage and it sounds so cruel. You're going you're gonna to ask somebody to murder their son. Do you know how barbaric that sounds in today's culture? If that's all we know about God, man, what a cruel meanie. Just give me the God of the New Testament. Just give me Jesus. It's all I need. This God is mean. We don't like him. But we have to take everything in context. That's why the whole thing is here laid out for us. God is speaking to us way deeper than take your son and put him on the altar. He's giving us a little glimpse of what he's going to do in Jesus. He's saying, take your son, your only son, the son that you love and sacrifice him. God is speaking. This is my plan. This is what I'm going to do. And we, we just like, we shake our heads like, who would do that? I don't want you to do that. Nobody wants you to give up a child. Nobody wants you to murder your own child. That's, what, that's the snapped episodes that we watch on Sunday afternoon. 
That's the crazy people. But God is asking something. What will, what, will, what will be the love of God? What would be the level of God to go to, to win you, your affections, your heart, your life? He has, that's why we sing a song called Reckless Love. People don't like it. They're like, God isn't reckless. Maybe not. Maybe so. God takes his son and sacrifices it for you. It's a love we don't understand. Our human mind is finite. It's this big. And God knows everything. And he is Jehovah Jireh. He will see to it. He's going to make sure that the sacrifice is there. Okay, let me read this to you. You don't have to get up this time. You stood once for the point. Genesis 22, verse 10. Abraham reached out with his hand. He took the knife to slaughter his son, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven. He said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not reach out your hand against the boy and do not do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you've not withheld your only son from me. And Abraham raised his eyes and he looked and behold, behind him a ram was caught in the thicket by his horns. And just really quick, I mean, if you can, you can read the story and you can just move on past it or you can put yourself in this scene. Somebody that you love, somebody that you care about, Here's the, and listen, Isaac is like 17 years old right here, and Abraham's 117, okay? I'm pretty sure Isaac can take him, is the thing, all right? But they come to a place where they have unity, and they have communion, and they have fellowship, and they have an understanding of who God is, and they know the stories of the miraculous God. And Isaac puts himself on, the, on here, and Abraham would have to tie him down, I mean, because it's getting ready to get real. We trust God. The whole time he's got to be singing, El Shaddai, El Shaddai. And he takes the knife and he raises it up. And I mean, he's got to be that moment of adrenaline. And, you know, put yourself in a place where maybe God is requiring a relationship. Maybe God is requiring, a, I don't know, some sin, some thing that you go through. Some, maybe God's requiring a change of life. And, you, and he's been doing it for a long time. We're all survivors of COVID in this very room. What can't we do, you know? Maybe God's calling us to a higher purpose, and it gets to that point where your adrenaline's rushing and you're holding on to the edge of your bed or wherever you pray or your face is just buried on your mantle, wherever you find God, and you're pushing it to that limit, and there's no return. There's a point of no return, and Abraham's ready to go, and he's ready to strike, and he hears, whoa, Abraham, whoa! Don't do it. And he's like, what? Okay, what? What is it? God's always going to save us. He's always going to make a way. He's always the God who sees. He always makes provision. He's always mending the fence. He's always opening a door. We just have to walk through. That's the God who provides. And he says, look, there's a, there's, a, there's a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. Verse 13. Abraham went and took the ram. He offered it up as a burnt offering in the place of his son. And Abraham named the place Jehovah-Jireh. He named a place the Lord will provide. And as it said to this day, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Whoo! I like it. See, here's the verses we like. See, this message that we're speaking right here, we all kind of know this story a little bit if we've been Christians at any length of time. And if you're like me, you take this story and you have it in a theology place. It's on a shelf way in the back, very dusty way behind everything else because it's not the stories that we like. Here's the stories we like. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory. We love that one. 
That's a good one. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists. Well, I believe that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. We like that one too. Man, God will supply all my needs, and God is a rewarder of those who seek him. I'm the Lord your God. Capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that's Yahweh. Remember? That is, I am, I am God. I am Jehovah. I brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide. I will fill it. There's a promise from God right there. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Well, I walk uprightly not because I'm perfect, but because he is. I, I have the righteousness of, of God on my life because he's perfect. And he gives his life for my life. So I trade my mess for his glory. So I walk uprightly. So therefore, I am, I'm the covenant promise of all these things. I'm the one that it lands on, and so are you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all things will be added to you. We love all these scriptures, and there's more. And they're true, and they're good. All of these things are true. But God is the God that provides in two different ways that I can think of today. And one is this daily bread. Even Jesus prayed that. Give us this day our daily bread. Jesus prayed that. Yes, God wants you to have provision. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging bread. God is a God that provides. Yes, he will provide all of your needs, all of those things. He provides our daily need, and he provides what we need for eternity. The same Jesus that prayed give us this day our daily bread. He prayed, he, he said, the poor you're going to have with you always. I looked up the scripture here. This little segue scripture in Matthew. It says, you know, this is when the woman is worshiping him and she's, she's washing his feet with tears and she's got her hair drying his feet. It's like a very intimate worshipful act. And he goes, why are you bothering this woman? She's done a beautiful deed to me. The poor you'll have with you always, but you will not always have me. Everything points to him, who he is, what he's doing, what he's going to do, reference to what he has already done, the Old Testament pointing to Jesus, to the coming of the Messiah, the providential hand of God throughout all of it. So God provides what we need for our daily lives here, which is small. Sometimes our eyes can only see that. Look, I could tell you my story about the ketchup bottle, and that's all I had in my fridge. Who doesn't know that story? Y'all know that story. Okay, well, then I won't tell it. There's, there's just a time where God provides everything that we need when we have absolutely nothing. He'll send a stranger to your door with food. He, he does it. God does that largely through people. We did it. We were his hands and feet with all the presents that we distributed to the families. We are his hands and feet when we give groceries out in the parking lot. Second, fourth Saturdays every week. We are the ones, when, when our team of volunteers goes down and boxes food, we're doing this kind of work. We're the hands and feet of a daily need of provision, of food. And God provides what we need for eternity, which is huge. And if we can see it, if we can look at it, if we can look at my sister's life and remember all the points that he met her to prepare her, all the things that happened between us and her personally. And I mean, I'm talking about my sister. Who's your person? in your life? Where did God set you up to have relational encounters that would change you forever and make you better? You know, what kind of provision has God given you in material things? Because today, Jehovah Jireh, the God who will see to it, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 
But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. And that is the providential hand of God in Jehovah Jireh. And with that, I'm going to let you get out of here early today. Would you stand up and pray with me? Mm. The God who sees. God, thank you that you saw the ram in the thicket and you provided it long, 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 long time ago. Thank you that you call us to sacrifice things that you know would be between me and you, between us and you. God, help us to yield our hearts, to give it completely and not withhold. Thank you for your names. What a beautiful name it is. What, what a powerful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. And how vast is your name? How vast is your identity? Thank you that you give us just a little bit at a time, God, that we're not overwhelmed. Thank you that you come with Elohim and Adonai and El Shaddai and Yahweh and Jehovah Shalom and Jehovah Jireh. Would you provide for your people, God, like you always do? Help us to have the eyes to see it in this Christmas season. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys. Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining us today. Remember to like and follow for the next installment of The Loft Podcast. If you want to be a partner with The Loft, you can give on Givelify.com. If you need more information, check us out on Facebook or at theloftgathering.com. And of course, join us 1030 Sunday mornings. Hope you have a great week. Until next time.